another shining star episode of a current client inside of our Elevate 360 Mastermind. So excited for you guys to hear from Lene Lopez today and her journey of pivoting from being an employee, working for corporations, to actually stepping out into the consulting world. Her journey is inspirational because I want you to hear you know, the aha moments for her when she realized, although she loved her career, she did not have control of her time. And that was even more important for her to be present as a parent and and change her lifestyle through shifting from being employed to actually consulting, being an expert in her field, doing what she was already doing, but doing it on her terms based off of what she felt she was valued to charge and begin running her own consulting business. You guys are not going to want to miss this episode, her 10-year journey of leaving working a nine-to-five and creating a life that is designed by her, for her, and her family while flourishing in her career and manifesting money along the way. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And if you're inspired and curious about our mastermind and even our mini mastermind, definitely go to the burnouttoallout.co website, check us out and get your name on the wait list. Uh, We've got some really great programs, mini mastermind to get you started in the foundations of business, which by the way, Lene started in. And then also our full year long intensive mastermind Elevate 360, where you actually get one-on-one exclusive coaching with myself and Jackie Dinowit, my operations director, along with the intense group coaching and retreat experiences. So anyway, I hope you guys really enjoy this episode. And if you're considering stepping out from your nine to five, if you love what you do in the day to day, but wish you had more control of your own time, I hope this episode with Lene encourages you to think about how maybe more creatively you could take your zones of genius, what you're good at, and make it your own business on your own terms versus working a nine to five. Hope you guys enjoy it. Need some effective tactical advice that actually helps you get results and makes a real difference in your life and business? You've come to the right place. If you're finding yourself here today, it means you're getting ready to gain serious traction in your business, rapidly multiply your income and impact, and you're ready to make it happen while living all out. Guys, I'm Melissa Henault, your trustworthy corporate dropout turned six-figure business burnout turned happy and healthy CEO of a multi-million dollar online business. And you're listening to the Burnout to All Out podcast. On this show, we're serving up innovative growth strategies, simple implementation methods to put them into practice, and action-stimulating inspiration tailored specifically for the modern entrepreneur. Let's dive in. We are live with Miss Lene Lopez. So excited to have you here today, Lene. Welcome to the Burnout to All Out podcast. Thank you for having me. Yes, this is going to be so much fun. You guys, really quickly, let me give you the official bio, and then I want to give you my personal bio of Lene. But let's just start with the official bio. 
Lene is the founder and CEO of the Verb Educational Consulting. Her efficient team building approach and productive collaborations have secured millions in grant funding for New York City's pre-K for all startup programs. Her efforts have allowed her over 50,000 students access to high quality preschool programs at no cost. She served on the leadership teams for over 75 programs and worked with more than 500 teachers on building inclusive and responsive practices. Her continued commitment to expand her knowledge and impact globally has taken her to classrooms in Australia, Haiti, New Zealand, and this fall, Fiji. We're going to talk about this. Lene is a member of the Momentum Education community where she developed her passion for transformational leadership, which we're going to talk about today. And she's also the host of the new podcast, Cafe Verb. You guys have got to go check it out. She's got some amazing content and speakers where she interviews inspirational people on their stories of leadership, education, business, and travel. So this is Lene's official bio. The unofficial bio is that Linnea's become just an incredible dear friend over the past year, year and a half. You know, I first met Linnea, she came in through our LinkedIn Method Academy and quickly soared through our Business Basics Accelerator program and is now a highly active and contributing member of our high-level mastermind, uh, Elevate 360, where I've just seen you grow and expand so much, and you're bringing so much value to the community with your growth. I'm just so excited that the universe has brought us to where we are today here on this interview where I get to share with my community your journey into entrepreneurship as it is today. So, so excited to unpack this. So let's just jump right in, Lene. Yeah, let's okay. do it. Let's just jump right in. Where were you when you realized in your career that it was time to make a shift, where were you in your career where maybe you were employed, you were working a nine to five? Was there a pivotal moment or was it gradual? When did you know it was time to make a shift to do your own thing? Yeah. So definitely an interesting story. I love to tell a good story. So thank you for, thank you for hosting this and and giving me an opportunity. So there were some definite pivotal moments for me that led me to be an entrepreneur, but I would like to share that I was actually working on the skills to be an entrepreneur that I felt made me successful and made me able to push through some of the difficult things when you're trying to start something new decades before. So my business opened in 2013. So I've been a business owner now 100% for 10 years. But I want to go back to actually when I was in my teens. And there's three things when I look back that I now realize were building me into becoming an entrepreneur. And the first thing was really about adventure seeking really being fearless, building that badassery, you know, that really kind of propels you through some of the difficult decisions you have to make. And I was doing things like that from a very young age. I was involved in sports. I became a professional figure skater at 16. Um, I had no idea. Yeah. I started my first- Holy shit. Yeah. My first teaching gig was actually teaching kids how to figure skate. After I became a pro, I became a teacher. 
and did that when I was, you know, I was still in high school. When I was 18, I went with my friends and bungee jumped off a hot air balloon, didn't tell my mom, you know, like I, I had this spirit in me that was always seeking adventure and seeking new experiences mm-hmm. and being able to walk with confidence into them. So at a very young age, I was sort of building this sort of skill set. The other thing is I was also building leadership skills that I, they weren't being used in the way that maybe we would think about now in running a business, but I was always the person that was coming up with new ideas, trying to do different approaches to things. And I was always looking for a more simplified approach or a simplified strategy to get the work done. And often I would end up being the one that was creating new initiatives wherever I went in work and setting kind of new goals for the team. So leadership-wise, I was sort of always also building that skill. And then the other skill that I was building was my business skill. So when I graduated high school, I wanted to be an oceanographer. Love, oh, really? Yeah. I love the ocean. I was like a science nerd, you know, all that good stuff. And I went into my first year of college ready to do this, and I actually failed out. Oh, really? Yeah, I I blew it. There's some life circumstances there. There were some transition circumstances. And there was also trigonometry and high-level chemistry. And I was like, okay, like this is a little, this is a little much. I ended up taking a little bit of time and ended up going back and I became an art history major. That was a huge pivot. Huge pivot. Loved it. Followed my joy. I just took a class in the summer because my mom was like, you got to go back to school. Like you, you, what are you doing? <laughs> you know? And so I'm like, all right, fine. I'll, I'll go and I'll take a class. And I ended up taking a class I thought was going to be easy. Honestly, I thought it would be an easy A. It was not an easy A at all. And that was a moment for me when I understood like a, another world opened for me. And a couple of things happened. I understood that I loved the power of a story behind whatever the front of something I was looking at, whether it was a piece of work or business or someone's life story. Like I was very intrigued by the details. Mm-hmm. And I also was following my joy. For the first time in my life, I did a pivot where I actually started doing something that was filling me up instead of what I thought I had to do. So I followed that and I graduated. And then of course, couldn't get a job in our history at the time. So I, again, fell back on what's going to fill me up. What's going to bring me joy. So I wanted to do some volunteer work and I ended up landing in a school mentoring two at-risk young girls for a year. And I loved it. There was so much joy in that and so much connection and impact that I was again, fueled up. And I ended up going like back to school and I started working in schools. And that's sort of how I, I built my career. So fast forward a bit, I got married, I started having lots of kids, and then all of the responsibilities of managing all of those things started to come in play. But I just kept powering through, like powering through, powering through, right? And I was about in my mid-30s, and my youngest daughter, she was in, I think she was still in preschool at the time she would go to aftercare. So this was a situation where I'm dropping her off very early in the morning. I'm going to work. I'm commuting, right? I got over an hour commute. Uh, I'm, I'm doing a full day of work as an early childhood director, which is a lot, right? You're in leadership role. People need you and all the things. And then I'm driving home an hour to go to pick her up. So most days she was, uh, she was at school till almost six o'clock. Right. So I pick her up this one day and she's in her car seat in the back and she's just kind of like 
crying and just kind of whining. And I really don't know what's going on. I'm just sort of burned out literally at that moment. My brain has no more capacity. And I say to her, her name is Isabella. I said, Isabella, what's happening? You're just, you're, I'm not feeling happy right now. You're not making me feel happy. Cause that's the only thing that I could think of that would like be kind, but let her know how I was feeling, what's going on. And she stops and she says, mom, if you're not happy, how am I supposed to be happy? And I was like, okay, that was a moment. And it really, it really got me going to sort of start to take some inventory of this, this grind that in many ways, I loved my work, but the commute and the not being there for my kids and them being there for long hours of the day, I was missing lots of sports activities. When I started my teaching career, since I was in the classroom, I missed the first days of school for years. I couldn't be on that first day of school ride because I had to be in a classroom with my own kids. So all of these things sort of started to pile on for me. And then in 2013, I had this year of insanity where the job that I was working at that I loved was letting me go because they were closing the program. So in the beginning of that year, I lost my job. And during that time, my mom was also battling cancer, which she ended up losing her battle with cancer around May of that year. So I had lost my mom. And then I also, the dissolution of my marriage occurred in November of that year. So I had this year of the universe sort of clearing my plate, literally of all the things. So I was sort of forced into evaluating my life. I was forced into evaluating what my roles are in all these different ways I had been living my life that now were different or just not there anymore. And for the first time in my life, felt like I had to make a decision as to who I was now going to be Mm. and what I was going to do with my life. So those were sort of some key sort of pivots up to, to 2013 when the business started. Wow. And you know, this is something I often say is that many times we have to fall to know where we stand, right? And sometimes it's that devastation or disruption that shakes us to the core enough that we're willing to question everything and how we're doing life. So this is so good. Okay. What happened next? So in 2013, there was a couple of key things that were in the works. I had been working as an early childhood director for five years, and I had learned a lot in that time about government funding for schools, grant writing, what high quality meant in the eyes of the Department of Ed. Um, I had a lot of skill sets in that way. And the program that I was working for was very close to New York City. We were in Hoboken, New Jersey, which is right across. Oh, um, I know Hoboken. Yeah. yeah. Well, Hoboken's great. So I was working in Hoboken right across from New York City. And New York City was about to launch an initiative called Pre-K for All, which you read about in my bio, which is this really groundbreaking opportunity for young children, three-year-olds and four-year-olds to go to preschool and in many different areas around the city for free. And it was not dependent on their parents' income. 
many times, like if you look at Head Start or you look at some other initiatives around the nation, they have programs like this, but they're usually financially based, right? There's a cutoff and then you have to pay and things like that. So this initiative was, it didn't matter if your parents were making over a million or they were at the poverty line, you still were going to be having access to this high quality program with certified teachers, a certified curriculum assessment and the whole thing. So they were doing this pilot and one of the, she's a client now, but they were about to do a startup and try to go for this funding. So they came in toward our program because we were doing it. We were like their neighbor and we were doing it really well. So I got to make this great connection um, with this lovely woman named Connie. And we spent a couple of days together doing a training. And then we kind of went our separate ways. I shared my knowledge. She talked to me a little bit about what she was doing. And then she went on her way and I went on my way. And then a few months later, I got noticed that my company was closing down. So once I got the notification that I was no longer going to be working for this company and I was separating, they did ask me if I would go into New York for a week, the last week of my contract, if I would help them work on this grant writing project. And this lady was, she had hired them to do the, to do the grant writing. So I did, I went and I helped them as best I could. And then I went my separate way. Now it was a blessing for me, even though it was heart wrenching, the circumstances of me leaving that position, because I had built a team and I felt like I was abandoning them. It was a really, really difficult time for me in that way. But at the same time, I understood that what I really needed in my life was time with my mom. And this gave me that opportunity. So I took it. So I would, was able to spend more time with her and go down. She didn't live close to me. She lives over an hour. So I was able to go spend time with her. But a week after I left my company, I got a call from their CEO who has never called me in the five years that I had worked for the company and left me a personal message to call him back. And I was a little confused and all of the things. So when I called him back, he said to me, listen, Lene, you know, uh, I really love the work you did in Hoboken. Thank you so much. You're being specially requested for a project in New York City, and they only want you. And I said, oh, okay, well, I don't work for you anymore. So <laughs> what's that all about, right? So he's like, oh, well, you know, we'll work out a deal and, you know, all this stuff. So that opened me up to the world of subcontracting. Yeah. And that was my first real taste of owning my price point. So pretty quickly, I learned, okay, well, they only want me. I'm valuable. Okay, well, here we go. We're going top dollar, right? Mm -hmm. So I owned my price point. I owned my time and I owned my schedule. So I, I could do as much or as little. I got to do whatever days I wanted. So that's what I started doing for them. And again, it brought money in, great money. And it also allowed me time to be with my mom and my children. And then my mom passed in May, unfortunately, and that was horrible. But I was very, very grateful that I was there for her. I was actually there with her on her last day and laying next to her. So that was a gift because a lot of people don't get that gift. Mm -hmm. And if it was me a year before, I wouldn't have been there because Mm -hmm. I would have been running. Right. I would have been running and doing all the running stuff. Mm-hmm. That summer, I went to a little training that the company had. And I met this woman who also was doing subcontracting work. And we got talking and she says, Hey, listen, do you have business insurance? And I said, uh, No, do I need business insurance? And then, like, this whole other file on, like, you know, this whole other file opened up in my brain, like, Oh my gosh, like, 
I never thought about this. Like I need, I'm like a business in a sense. Like I need to like learn some stuff. Right. Right. (laughs) So, and, and as I said before, I was an art history major. I took no business classes, zero Mm -hmm. in college. So Mm -hmm. nothing. So I had a friend of mine who had recently opened a business and I like ran to them, like, okay, tell me all the things, like, what do I need to know? And they said, you know what? go to the small business development center. We had one right near us in our community college, sign up for what their intro to basics, their intro to business class. And like, you'll learn everything you need to know. So that's what I did. I spent a summer, I took two classes, made great connections, learned so much. And that's when I learned like what an LLC is, like, what do I need? Why do I need QuickBooks? What's a PL? Like, why is it important? You know, so all the things I learned in, in a summer, Basically, that's amazing. Crash coursed myself. Yeah. And then I opened the business. I branded the business and opened it in November of that year. And honestly, I opened the business originally to get business insurance with all honesty, because I was still going to do the subcontracting work. I was like, all right, I like this gig. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But what ended up happening is I opened the business and a week, it's something about weeks with me. A week later, I got a call from my connection in New York and they said, listen, we did that grant writing. You helped us with back in January. We got none of the grants. We're not rehiring the grant writer we had. We'd like you to lead that project and be our grant writer. And I was like, okay, but I have a business now. So you'll have to contract with the business. And that's how I got my first $20,000 contract within a week of, of opening the business. And you're so good at manifesting these contracts. I feel like it's a gift. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. What a journey, right? And what I love about this is the imperfect action. The, I'll just figure it out as I go, right? I say this all the time, like imperfect action trumps perfectionism over and over and over again. Because if we try to make it perfect before we move forward, the fear of being perfect just slows us down, right? And so I love I actually love that you found a community college to take a class on small business. So anyone listening who's new to launching their business, this is really good advice, right? I know it took me two and a half years and making my first million before I figured out I needed a PL because even though I was making the money, it was flying right back out of my business, right? It really yeah. doesn't matter how much you make if you don't know how to manage it and spend it appropriately in your business, right? Yeah, yeah. So good. Okay, so you took the leap of faith. You launched your business, you landed your first big contract. Tell me, you know, where you are today. What does business look like for you today? Yeah, it's been such a beautiful journey these past 10 years. Cause I, in the past 10 years, I've built a name for myself. I've built myself as an expert in my field. And I've built a lot of really great connections for people that seek out my advice, which is, is wonderful. The business now, you know, we've supported, you know, you read in my bio, I was through that first contract, we wrote the grants, over $100 million in grant money we've acquired for news program startup. Incredible. We, yes. And we've started up these programs and we've given a lot of access to school communities that didn't have this before. So their communities, they're like bringing new people in, they're staying in the school system with these specific schools. So it's been really, really great. And The thing that's been a real joy for me is I really did start at the beginning. And when I say that, I mean, you get the grant money and then what do you do? 
right? Then you have to actually implement the grant. Mm -hmm. And I was really lucky enough to stay on as a consultant with these programs to help them implement and help them do startup Mm -hmm. and hire staff and fill the classrooms and train on curriculum, train on assess all the things to keep it moving so that everything we said we were going to do in the grant, we've actually done. And that just feels so good for me because when you write these grants, you're writing them with a future, like thinking forward as to like, this is the ultimate that we're striving for. And we've actually done that. The past couple of years, what I've been doing is really shifting and not working so much at the ground level inside schools, but really working with leadership. And through my journey, what I've learned is... I'm really focused on sustainable leadership because in schools, and of course we learned this in COVID, there's a lot of turnover. Right now, there's a lot of turnover in schools. A lot of teachers have retired. A lot of leaders have retired. And then how does what you've built stay, right? We've done all this work. How do we get it to stay and continue whether I'm there or not, whether the leader that's been there for five years is there or not. Mm -hmm. So I've really been focusing on supporting teams and building systems that will keep sustainability in place Mm -hmm. and keep everything moving forward, the vision moving forward, and also expanding in the sense of I've worked in partnerships for 10 years now, like very close curated contracts. And I really would like to offer and open up services in a more global way, like not just New Jersey, New York City based, but really like California, Australia, you know, all over the world to bring early childhood educators together. Because what I've learned is we're always better in community. Like don't teach in a silo, don't work in a silo. We're always better in community. So really building that. Mm, so good. And I, and I want to get into maybe some key talking points around sustainable leadership. But before we do that, one thing I just want to underscore for the listeners here is what I love that you've done, Lene, and I hope this inspires people, is that you found a way to, in the midst of being in a career you actually loved, but a lifestyle you didn't, you were able to take a step out of working for someone else and recreate a business that was aligned to what you love, but coming in from a consulting standpoint and own your own time, own your own calendar. And I love this as a testimonial. I'm seeing this more and more and more, you know, as, and I'm sure you're connecting with people inside the academy and inside the mastermind and inside the, our, our business basics program as well. I'm seeing more and more people come from so many different industries now post COVID that are like stepping out of employment and betting on themselves that they can consult, that they mm-hmm. can come back to these industries that they work for and now collaborate and work with instead of for, set their own price, set their own hours and set their own terms. And so I just want to underscore this and really recognize how pivotal that is that you, you decided that you wanted to live on your terms and you move forward with that. And like, look back at like what you've accomplished. It's pretty freaking incredible, right? It is. Thank you. Yeah. When I, I turned 50 in December, it kind of like I was turning 40 when I started and now I just turned 50 and I have a reflection practice. That's part of my sustainable leadership and a lot of things that I coach on. And 
you know, I spent a couple of days just in reflection of what I have created in the past 10 years. And when you're just doing, you're just doing, right? You're go, 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 right? But when you actually think back and you start to like write, I would journal, like journal down all the things like did this, did that, it just makes me so proud, right? It makes me so proud that I was able to set goals, create something that fit, like created a mold that fit the life that I wanted. And then the money came. Yes. Yes. Love it. You were energetically aligned and pursued your passion, right? So let's talk about sustainable leadership because, you know, our listeners are from all walks of life, growing and scaling businesses. And you and I were talking about this a little bit before we jumped into the interview. And that is that a lot of entrepreneurs have great ideas. They launch incredible products or services. But as they begin to scale, they have had zero leadership experience. And I see that many times it's the rate limiting factor of growth and expansion in their business. Mm -hmm. So can you give some good pearls of wisdom advice for sustainable leadership? And, And also, I'll follow up with this. And you talked about this with turnover, right? In the online industry and online business, people are working a lot with contractors, part time work. What can one do to ensure some sustainability within their business if they're seeing the turnover? What do they do to create sustainable leadership in their business? I have a lot of different, a lot of different approaches to answer this question. I would say the first, in a general sense, no matter what industry you're in, is have systems, right? Have systems, write them down, operating procedures track. The one thing I didn't do well in the beginning that looking back, I would now is to really write down what I was doing as I was going. Like I was so in the doing that I didn't write anything down in the first couple of years. Right. So I had to really reflect back, but I would say definitely like standard operating procedures. My business coach from my small business development center would say, have a business plan. I never wrote a business plan. I did not write a business plan. I just went for it. But in my field, in the teaching field, particularly my experience has been because I've been in the classroom and then I've been as a leader supporting teachers. And the one thing that happens when you're running programs is you have people that come in and they give you advice, right? Mm-hmm. They they give you feedback. And this could be in the corporate world too. They give you feedback, they, you know, this and that. And really you have to look at, is it what is best practice or is it their opinion as to what you're doing? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I really train on is looking for systems that take me out of the mix, looking for program quality standards. And I'm sure you can find them in any industry that are these baseline markers that we can all sort of set goals around that have nothing to do with who's stepping in to have the conversation because the conversation isn't about you and you, this, me as the coach. It's actually about what is the standard and how are we meeting it? Let's talk about that. Yes. So good. And and I love what you said about writing the standard operating procedures. I know when I first scaled my business, I had none. And then when the first round of turnover happened, because what happened is when your business takes off, there's certain people who want to ride that rocket ship with you. And then there's certain people who want to jump, right? Yeah. And so if people jump and there's no written SOPs for what they do and your business is just taken off and you have zero bandwidth, you know, where do you go from there? It was a really, really tough lesson for me. Because how do you how do you hire when someone left and you have no SOP or description of what they were doing because it was all in their head because you're such a hot mess. And so to anyone listening today, 
I highly encourage you to slow down to speed up everyone. And it doesn't mean that like you have to write all the SOPs. One of the things I do with my team, and I don't know about you, Lene, but like my team, I actually have, they've written their own jobs, tasks and description and what they do. I have had them record Loom videos and file them on all the tasks and duties that they do, right? And so we actually have quarterly check-ins. We're having them right now. They bring their their job description to me. And we talk about, is there anything added? What else are you doing now that I don't even realize as the CEO that you've picked up, right? Right, right. It's a painful task to do, but such a wildly necessary one to do if you're going to scale. And yeah. ever sell your business, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because that's what you need. The other thing that I would add to sustainable leadership, that's just another avenue to talk about is understanding that you need time to reflect and you need space to fill your cup. And, you know, I know you and I have had a lot of crossover and that's one of the reasons I'm so like, I love that you're my business coach. And, you know, I just love having you in my life is because we have a lot of similarities in that and the pursuit of that. Right. Mm -hmm. And in the very beginning, as I said, I was go, go, go. And then there was a point where I stopped and I was like, the people on the teams that I was training kept using the term, we're building the plane as we fly it. And in the beginning that felt okay. Uh But then I got to a moment where I'm like, this is no longer okay. That's right. That's right. right. Like we, uh-huh. we are, we're past startup. We've put out the fires, we've moved forward, but we can't continue to operate in this type yes. of a mode yes. because we're going to get burned out. So, you know, I started to talk to them about a reflection practice and really we rewrote a mission statement um, at the time that was for the fullness of our team. And we started leading our opening meetings with reflection mm-hmm. and closing them with reflection. And we just started talking about it a lot more. And what that did was it shifted us from being reactive to being proactive Mm -hmm. because we were able to sort of see what could be coming instead of waiting for it to show up and then deciding how we were going to handle it. Right. Yes. So good. And I want to underscore really quick what you just pointed out, because anyone listening from beginning to end on this podcast might be like, well, now they're talking out of both sides of their mouth because it was imperfect action, but now you're talking about be really organized. Right. The reality is imperfect action gets momentum. Imperfect action is just do the damn thing and get started. Mm -hmm. But to your point, there's a critical moment at which hot mess is no longer okay, right? Mm -hmm. Like once you get, and I remember for us, it was last December where we just had to take a huge pause and be like, okay, we've created a beast and now it is a huge mess. And for the next two months, all we're going to do is organize this business, right? So I love that you've underscored kind of the journey of imperfect action, get the rocket ship off, and then you have to stop and reassess because otherwise you'll become the bottleneck, like the whole business will bottleneck, right? So, so good. Yeah. And then really having practices for the individual person is, well, I had my whole own journey on transformation that started between 2000 and 2017. But what I was learning, what I had continued to learn over the past 10 years is I was really good at following my joy. So that was a blessing. But then I started to learn more about the energetics of what that does in your body, whether, you know, if you're operating in joy and happiness and laughter and like what kind of energy that creates around you and in your body, as opposed to feeling, you know, anxiety 
fear and all of those things. So really, I also, for sustainable leadership, am very cognizant of my energy levels and how I show up with my team. And if I have to do some things to clear myself before I start a meeting, that's what I'll do because yeah. it's no benefit. Like we're all here. We're all spending the same amount of time together. Let's be the highest versions of ourselves when we come together, because that's sort of when the synergy happens. Yes. I often say lately, our bodies build our businesses, right? Our bodies lead our businesses. And so I love, I love all of that. This is actually a really great kind of transition as we begin to wrap up is this whole trip to Fiji, right? So talk to us a little bit about what you have going on right now. Yeah. So I will say that. So I talked to you guys a little bit about the business, what I've been doing, the new community I'm starting. But as I've been leading my life and alongside the joy of creating a business, I'm really drawn by inspiration. Right. And so I created a scholarship fund, which became a part of our business model. We launched our podcast in the fall. We're in season two now, Cafe Verve Podcast. So please go find that. And the premise of the Cafe Verve Podcast is really to bring people together, it's not just about education, right? It's really about people coming together to talk about what lights them up, right? What do they want to come to the table and just talk about? And in those interviews, we learn a lot. It's a high vibe. It's a high vibe space. So that's been really fun. And the newest adventure is I'm starting to launch retreats. And I had the opportunity when I went to Australia and I toured some of those classrooms, I did it through a company called Good Travel. Mm-hmm. My friend was the trip facilitator of that, Lori Thomas, who's been my coach, mentor, and power partner now for uh, over five years. And I was able to meet with the CEO of that company and I sat down with her and I shared a vision with her that I had. And I said, I really want to partner with you to bring people. It could be educators. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I really feel like I want to travel and just have people have a curated experience. That's you're in a group, but you're also having this individual type experience and you're creating space for yourself for transformation. Mm. And COVID happened and we couldn't really launch it. So we went back to the drawing board this year and started talking about it. And it actually was fueled by me being with you again in North Carolina when we did some hypno breath work. And I had this vision of me leading a group and I was on the beach and I said, okay, I need to file back with my friend, Eliza at Good Travel. So we put this amazing trip together. We're going to Fiji October 9th to the 14th, the registration is open. So you can register now. And what we're doing is it's a trip that's bringing folks back to connection and inspiration. And we're doing it through five pillars. So we're doing it through self-care. We're doing it through nature, community, service project, and culture. So we're going to have these curated experience. We're going to go, we're going with a chef, we're picking from the garden, we're creating a meal together, we're doing a project with a local art community where we'll do a mural that's going in an orphanage. We're going to wow. be swimming with the manatee, you know, like I'm doing hypno breath work. Like it's it is going to be amazing. So y'all should come. Okay. So the details. How can people get more information about this trip? I've partnered with Good Travel. So the okay. registration is live up on their website. Also, if you come to LinkedIn and you follow me, you can, I could definitely make sure it's right there for you. I just have to switch out because we're doing a masterclass as well. So I could switch that out as well. And then of course, I'll give it to you for the show notes. 
for when everything goes over to the podcast platform. So if this is piquing your curiosity and you're listening to this, I would highly suggest you just hit pause, go to LinkedIn, type in Lene Lopez right now, find (laughs) her and connect with her. She is an incredible inspiration of what we can do to live life radically different on our own terms, yet still pursue our passion. And if you're interested in anything that she's got going on, including this trip to Fiji, you definitely want to come follow her on LinkedIn. Any final remarks or anything else going on, Lene, that you want these guys to know about? If you're an educator, if you're an early childhood director, new teacher, I'm um, just interested, a parent, I'm actually launching a free masterclass. It'll be five days. We launch May 8th. And we're going to be talking about some of the foundations to early childhood from a classroom environment, lesson planning, assessment, goal setting, and reflection. So just those key things that really I, that I've learned over the years that I've been doing this really can set the tone for a program to thrive. So good. So if you guys are interested, again, probably the best place to come find you is still over on LinkedIn, right? That's Yes. Yes. The master, the registration links up there. Yes. Awesome. Well, Lene, this has been so much fun. And I just, your, your story, your journey, the insights, the value you've brought today, just so grateful for you, grateful for your friendship and just so enjoying this journey that you're on. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a joy. Yay. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks guys so much for listening in on today's podcast episode. I can't wait for you to see my upcoming guest in the next episode. You are going to love this keynote speaker. Hey, here's the deal. If you liked this, please subscribe and leave a review. And you want the latest online business growth strategies and exclusive LinkedIn pro tips sent straight to your phone? Text the word updates to one 310 7171. Again, text the word updates to 1833-310-7171. Can't wait to see you guys. Come find me over on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, wherever you like to hang. I uh, cannot wait to hear how you are enjoying and applying what you're learning. You guys reach out to me over on social because I love hearing what's resonating with you. When you reach out to me and you send me those personal DMs, they really do impact the content I continue to bring forward to you. So again, come find me, Melissa underscore Hinault over on Instagram, Melissa Hinault over on LinkedIn and Facebook. Can't wait to see you guys over there.